Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. I trust you're all well. So good to see everyone. And welcome to those who are joining online as well. Uh, welcome to church, to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. And we're here today to worship God. We're here to bring glory to Him. Are you glad to be in church today? Good. That's a good start. That's a great starting place. And uh, we are just kind of slightly expanding the team still, so it's all work in progress. But we're here to worship God. And uh, just can I encourage you to stand, if you're able to stand. You don't need to stay standing through all the, the songs, but if you want to, if you want to raise hands, if you want to clap hands, if you want to make a joyful noise to the Lord, you feel free to do that. But let's just stand. We're going to pray and welcome the King of Kings into our gathering today. Father, we thank you that you are here. Father, that your spirit is all over this place this morning. Lord, we confess this morning that we need you. Lord, we, we can't do uh, the Christian life in our own strength. We don't have the resources to do that. But we thank you that you put your Holy Spirit in us and you work these things out in our lives. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to make more room for you in our lives. Father, uh, I just think of the words of John the Baptist when he said that he needs to, to decrease and Jesus needed to increase his life needed to become less important and the life of Jesus uh, in that time and in our time needed to become more important. And Father, we pray that you would become the focus of our lives increasingly. Lord, not just on Sundays, but Father, every day of life, every moment of life, we pray that you would be our focus. And so, Father, we just prayed that for this morning, Lord, as we gather, that you would be our focus in worship and prayer and all the things that we do today, Father, that you would be our focus. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship God today. <clears throat>
Father, we just thank you that it's his power that is at work within us. Father, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is at work in our lives. And Father, we just thank you that, Father, when circumstances seem impossible, we know that with God all things are possible. Father, you're able to overrule anything in nature that you have created. And Father, we just thank you that you're a God uh, of miracles. Father, that you're a God of the impossible. And Lord, we just pray that you would just demonstrate that in our day and in our time. Father, there are people that we have been praying for, Lord, who need a miracle in their lives. Father, people who need a touch in their bodies. And Lord, we just want to raise uh, those folks before you in prayer today. Yeah, Lord, just so many people who need a touch from you. I'm just going to just pray for some of these folks. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer as we come before God. And I'm just going to pray some prayers for some people. And I would like us to say amen in agreement to those prayers, that it would be our collective prayer, that it would be not just the thing that I'm praying for, but that it would be our prayer together today. And just to to remember Mark, who's still in a critical condition, but there have been signs of change and improvement. He's began to uh, respond uh, and just move uh, certain parts of his body and be uh, awake um, and just being responsive, but he's still uh, really in need of our prayers. Um, We've been praying for Joanna's sister, Margaret, uh, Joanna Domingo in the, the Philippines, and our sister Margaret has just been moved into hospice and really things are, are fairly uh, desperate there. And so we need to pray uh, for Margaret. Um, Jeff um, has had another operation. Um, yeah, and just uh, may need more uh, surgery again still. We just want to remember him today and others just who need a touch uh, from, from God today. So let's just pray. Let's just stay in that attitude of prayer and let's just really add our amen to, to these prayers this morning. Father, we, we, we thank you that we have this access into the very throne room of God. We have access to the mercy seat of God. And we come, Father, to you looking for your mercy today in certain situations. Lord, we pray for Mark. We pray for his wife, Sharon, and his daughter, Faith. And Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon this family. Lord, that you would surround them by your love, that you would protect them with your presence. Lord, we pray that you'd give your angels charge over Mark as he lies in that hospital bed. Father, we pray that you would surround that uh, whole uh, room with your love and with your presence. And Father, we pray that it would touch everybody who comes into that very room. Lord, we just pray for your peace and your protection over it. And Lord, we know that Mark needs uh, to see infection leave his body. Uh, and uh, Father, just all over his body, Lord, he, he just needs this rest from you. And Father, we just ask that you would bring him that peace and that rest. And Lord, we pray that his body would be strengthened, that his blood would be restored. And Lord, that he would just begin to respond fully. Um, and so, Father, we pray, strengthen him. Strengthen him, Father. Lord, I'm, I'm looking to the day where he will be standing on this platform. Father, sharing about the work that he does in Open Doors. Father, sharing about the persecuted church. Lord, we want to see him standing on this platform. And Lord, when we do, we'll give glory to you and we'll give a shout of hallelujah and praise to you for your incredible goodness and love and power. 
Lord, we, we remember Jeff. Lord, he just needs a touch from you. He needs a miracle from you and his body. And Lord, we just ask that you would be at work in him. Father, that you would be at working your purposes in his life. And so, Lord, we just pray, come and meet him where he is. Lord, for all infection to be gone from his body. Lord, just for things to be restored uh, within him. Uh, Lord, all, all the, the, the functions that need to be restored. Lord, we just pray uh, that you would restore those functions. And so, Lord, we just pray for him, strengthen him, and Lord, just surround that room that he's in with your love and with your presence. And Lord, we pray for Eileen, Lord, that you would strengthen her. For the family, Father, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen this family. And Lord, help them to keep focused on Jesus, keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Lord, we pray. Lord, we, we know that Margaret's in a difficult place, and uh, Lord, she loves you. Um, and Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen her, uh, body, soul, and spirit. Father, we ask that she would know such a strong sense of your presence. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you would just demonstrate your love and mercy in her life. Lord, may she be so aware of your presence. And Lord, may your peace descend upon her. May your peace descend upon her, Father. Lord, for Joanna, who is so far away from her sister at the moment, Lord, we pray uh, just for peace to be upon her and her family. Lord, we thank you for uh, Ron's recovery from COVID and Lord that's just amazing to see that but Lord we just pray that you would surround that family with your presence Lord for our missionaries that we support Lord so many good things happening and yet it's been such a challenging for t time for so many of them and Father we just ask that you would just presence yourself with them and strengthen them and give them wisdom as they, as they progress in the ministry that you have called them to Father, we pray for, we've been praying for Sammy as well and for Bob, Bob Patterson, for Heather. Lord, just people who need a touch in their body from, from you. Father, there are others in our gathering today who, I don't know if I've got permission to mention them by name, but Father, there are others here today who need a touch in their body from you. And Lord, we just pray that you would come and that you would touch them. And Father, that you bring healing from your very presence. Lord, that you'd pour out gifts of healings into this congregation, into this church family. Lord, we pray that you just demonstrate your presence and your power amongst us. And Lord, we pray for those who are just going through difficult times. Lord, for those who are grieving still, Lord, we pray that you would be a strength. Father, that you would be their rock, that you would be their cornerstone, that you would be that tower of strength that they need. And Father, we know that when we grieve, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. But Father, we know that there is an eternal reality. That Father, death is not the end. And Father, we know that that's the case. And Lord, we thank you that it's not the end. But Lord, we, 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 we just know that when people go home to be with you, we miss them, Father. And we grieve for them and we feel the loss. And so Father, we just pray for everyone who's in that place, Lord, for your comfort and your strength. And Father, we pray for those, uh, just for, Father, in your church globally who are suffering from persecution. And Father, people who just need even just the simplest things that we take for granted. Lord, we pray, help us to be a help to others. Lord, we pray, just help us to be a help to others. Lord, help us to remember that we're part of not just a, a body of believers here in Whitburn, gathering from different places, but Father, we are part of a global church that spans time. Lord, help us to remember that we're part of something that's global. 
your church is around the world. And Lord, we pray that you just saturate the church with your presence. Lord, we pray for this church and our service today. And Lord, we just ask that we would experience your presence in such a special way today. Lord, we thank you for this uh, opportunity to pray and bring people before you. And Lord, we ask that you would hear a prayer. And Lord, that you'd be pleased to answer these prayers. And Lord, that we would be able to celebrate when you answer those prayers. Keep us focused on Jesus, we ask. And in his name, amen. 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 Let me just welcome everyone again, um, especially if you're visiting with us. It's great that you're here. And uh, yeah, it's good to be in God's house, good to be in his presence today. And uh, yeah, I'm just so excited to be in church. Just some things that I'm going to share uh, today. We've been looking at the, the church, what it is, and I'm going to continue on that theme today. Before I do that, though, um, I don't know if we've got a slide we can put up, Lindsay. Uh, we had a video uh, all set for today, but the video is not working uh, to launch Samaritan's Purse. I'm really sorry, uh, Tracy. <laughs> um, we tried downloading it again, but it's just not going to run. But we'll try and find out what the problem is with that. But uh, every year we support Samaritan's Purse and uh, we get a shoebox. We will pack that shoebox. Here's one I made earlier. I didn't actually. Somebody else made it. Um, but we just take the opportunity uh, to take one of these shoeboxes, to pack it, to get a leaflet, to decide whether it's going to be for a boy or a girl, what age, um, and we'll be bringing these back on uh, the 21st of November, or no later than the 21st. They'll be collected, and they will go off somewhere. We'll find out where they go, and uh, they will go, and they will bless boys and girls who don't have uh, quite as much materially as maybe some of us do. Um, and so we pray that it will be a blessing to them. And it all is done through the church, and we know that where these go, uh, they, they go with the love of God as well, and people are really blessed by it. And so I'm so encouraged that we have this opportunity to share in something that's global uh, today. And uh, if you want to find out more information, if you ask Tracy, who's sitting up the back, give us a wave, Tracy. I'll not embarrass her too much. Um, so Tracy's there to answer questions. There is an email set up called appeals at whitburnpentecostal.com. If you want to find out more information, you can go there. Uh, there's a post on Facebook with more information about how you can give online as well. So if you don't have the opportunity to get out into the, the shops and, and uh, actually physically buy things, you can do a shoebox online. If you do that, can I encourage you to let us know at appeals at whitburnpentecostal.com so that we can uh, celebrate uh, the work that we do uh, to help others together. Is that okay? Good. I'll pop that back there. Um, just a reminder um, that I need to do track and trace uh, photographs. It's just how we keep track of who's in the building and where everybody sat. So give me a little second while I do this. And I need to not move my phone while I'm taking the picture. Hello. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder that on Monday at 9:30 we pray. Uh, I'm going to come. On, I'm going to repeat all this actually at the end of my message today. Uh, Wednesday evening at six. Uh, sorry, at 7:30 we pray together. Also, I just want to make a little shout out. Uh, at the moment, we want to do a, a baptismal service 
not quite worked out how we're going to do that yet. It may be on a kind of Sunday evening type of idea. Um, but we want to look at that. If you've never been baptized, if you love the Lord Jesus and you've never been baptized in water, then come and see me. We're going to run a baptismal class. Also, if you are part of the church, but you've never come into membership, we want to do membership classes and bring people into membership as well. And I'll talk more about that uh, just over the next couple of weeks. Um, but if you're interested in becoming a member of the church, then come and see me. I think that's all the announcements that I have for today. I just want to pray. I need to take a little breath and calm myself down if that's okay. Is that okay with you? <sighs> right, okay. Let's just pray for a little second and then we're going to turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Father, we pray that as we open up your word and as we read it, Lord, that our hearts would be open to what you want to say to us, that our minds would be open and Lord, that we would receive your word into uh, our, our minds and into our spirits today. And Lord, we pray that you would use it to speak to us today. And Lord, as we think about uh, the church gathered today, which is really our thought, our primary thought for today, Lord, we pray, help us to think about the privilege that we have of being able to gather together in peace and safety and in a building. And Lord, just help us not to take these things for granted. Lord, we just pray, open our eyes and ears to hear what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So let's read from Hebrews uh, chapter 10. We're going to read verses 19 to 25. I'm reading from the New International Version. Um, just, uh, it's a fairly common version, I think. Um, but we're going to read from that one today. Okay, we're ready to go. Are we sure? Good. Remember, I need loads of feedback. <laughs> okay, this is what it says. Therefore, brothers, and I think it means brothers and sisters, in the broadest sense, uh, are brothers and sisters in Christ. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Verse 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let me pause just for a little second and what this is talking about the person who's writing this letter is writing to people who have been Jews, who've been converted to Christianity. They will know exactly what the writer is talking about because there was an old system of sacrificing. And what he's referring to is that old system as he's writing, but he's saying that there's a new and living way. It's through Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Jesus died on that cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be washed clean through his word and through uh, the blood of Christ, which was shed on our behalf. It's an incredible privilege. Now, in 2021, to be able to look back on that and to look back on thousands of years of history, Jewish history and Christian history as well. And as a result of that, it goes on in verse 24 to say this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to come on to think about what day that might have been in a little second. Do you know, I just want to encourage us as we start off today, 
to remember the blessing of having a base for the mission. This is our base for the mission. You're standing in it. But for those uh, who are not in the building today, uh, oh, that's what our building used to look like in 2005. Okay, this was our base for the mission. There was no tarmac in the car park. The windows had sad faces. There were bars on the windows. There was barbed wire around the flat roof. Oh my goodness, it looked more like Colditz than Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Um, really, uh, it didn't look very welcoming at all at that point in time. However, we decided to make some changes, as you can see from this picture. Uh, this was just to, uh, 2019 at Jump for a Day. I wish we were doing Jump for a Day. I wish this building was filled with kids jumping up and down. Um, but we'll just need to uh, work towards that and hope that things open up so that we can do that. I don't know if you've noticed, that roof needs painted, doesn't it? Yes, it needs painted. There's a job for there's a job for somebody. Um, but we, we're so blessed to have a base for our mission. And I just want to encourage us not to take this resource that we have for granted. And let's not take the ability to assemble for granted. And that's what I want us to think about today. We have the privilege of being able to assemble, to gather together as church. Now, I said I would talk about the context of this letter a letter written to a persecuted church. The time that this was written in, it's estimated to be about 67 AD when this letter was written. So it wasn't just yesterday. It was a while back. And it's when Israel, the Jews, were still under Roman occupation and oppression. And we can only imagine what it must have been like for Jewish people living in that time prior to the destruction of the temple. This is a frieze which is on a monument in Italy, um, and it depicts the Romans carrying away articles from the temple. The temple was destroyed. Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. And I don't know about you, I always thought that it was the Romans that did all that, until I started reading about the history of that time. And there was a Jewish historian called Josephus who wrote about that time specifically, and you can read this for yourself. And it's clear from his history that the most of the damage which was done to Jerusalem and to the temple was actually done by the Jewish people themselves. I don't know if you knew that. There were three rival factions of zealots, people who were looking for the kingdom of God to come, but they were taking it by force and doing it in their own strength. These were led by a man called Eleazar, another called Simon, and another called John. And the problem is that they fought amongst themselves and innocent people, innocent, ordinary, everyday people got caught up in the conflict and people uh, were just were dying left, right and center in this. And it was actually these people who set fire to the stores of corn and all the supplies that would have seen them through the Roman siege. So, I think it was uh, Josephus, he said, I've not written this down, but he said that it was actually the Jews that, uh, the, the sedition of the Jews that destroyed Jerusalem, and it was the Romans who came and destroyed the sedition. I, I didn't know that until I started reading this history. And just three years earlier, somebody's writing to these Jews who have become Christians, who are experiencing persecution, and he's writing to them to say, you know, you need to keep encouraging one another. Don't give up meeting together. I was reading some of the testimonies of 
some of the open door staff, field workers who are working in countries where there is incredible persecution and where there is just real, real dangers and people assembling together as church. Listen to what Peter uh, said. I don't know if that's his right name. It's probably been changed. And this is what he said. For secret Christians, it is so important to know they are not the only believer in their city or region. 20 years ago, some even thought they were the only believer in their country. When they find out that uh, that there are more believers in their city and get connected, they feel more comfortable. In the past, some believers kept their faith secret their whole life, but that's happening less. I find that stunning. You know, people who think they're the only Christian. I don't know about you. Sometimes, sometimes I've been in places where I felt like I was the only Christian there. Nobody else was a Christian. Nobody else believed what I believed. And then I began, as I was sharing about my faith, to find out that there were other people who believed in Jesus, who worshipped in a church as I did. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not the only person here. And the same is true for these Christians in the country that's represented. Another one says this, uh, at the same time, we see a dynamic in the opposite direction. Believers that do, uh, that do have fellowship find it increasingly risky to gather and therefore become more isolated, and that can give way to unhealthy beliefs and practices in house churches. <clears throat> People who are finding it challenging to continue meeting together with others because of the oppression and the pressure that they're experiencing. And then last, this last comment, they also struggle with their safety. How to hide their newfound faith? Where to hide the Bible if they have one? And how can they hiddenly pray? I don't even know if that's a word, but that's what it said. How can they pray and still stay in hiding? How can they pray with others and still stay in hiding? These are the challenges that some people right now are facing in our world. And here we are in a building, our base for the mission, and sometimes we can take the freedoms that we have for granted. And if we could go back a few hundred years, even in this country, we might find the same problems here. I'm going to show you some pictures. These are guys, uh, sorry, I'm behind in my slides, sorry. These are guys who were household names in my house when I was growing up. People like James Renwick, uh, Donald Cargill, Richard Cameron. And these guys lived a number of hundred years ago in the 1600s. And they had to persevere for their faith. They were called covenanters. And less than six and a half miles from the church here, we find that there are monuments dotted around this area. So this one is about six and a half miles away. This one is up in the moors between Hart Hill and Falthouse, and this one's just near Hart Hill. This one's called Peden Stone, Dermid, and Starry Shaw. And these are places which, if I'm out walking, I will pass by these monuments. I remember, actually, just a few weeks ago, I'd actually, I'm a bit sad this way, um, after the prayer meeting on the Wednesday night, I decided to go out for a cycle, and uh, I went up towards where this monument is. And I remember as I was passing the monument, I was like, (gasps) just this tingle went down my spine. I'm like, man, these people had to meet in the moors. They had to find quiet, hidden places to meet because they couldn't meet in their church because of the persecution that they were experiencing at that time. People who lived 
around here, lived here, and, and who traveled to here in order to preach the gospel, to meet together, to worship. And they had an absolute belief in the importance of assembling for public worship. Some people had to walk 16 miles just to come to one of these services out in the moors dotted around where we stay in all weathers. If it was snowing, they were there. If it was raining, they were there. If the sun was shining, they were there. And here we are in a lovely building, all heated. Well, could be heated a bit more today, I think. It's feeling a wee bit... You're probably feeling it as well, but my toes are starting to get a bit cold. Could be heated a bit more. It was too hot last week. We're in the process of trying to sort that. Um, but these people met in any place they could find where they could meet in secret for fear of being caught and for fear of being executed. Because many of them died in a, uh, because they would not uh, recant from their beliefs and from their way of worshipping. And they didn't, uh, they didn't have a, an easy time of it. When we were up in Orkney, we actually visited a, a, oh, I visited a memorial, which was for, I think, about 280 people who died on a shipwreck on Orkney, Covenanters who were being shipped to America. And just, let's, let's just get rid of the problem. And they didn't even get that far. And I think these are, these are people who lived around here, who died for their faith, and who believed in the importance of coming together to worship God and were prepared to go to great lengths to do it. And I want to encourage us to remember today that faith is not a private matter. The culture today is trying to tell us that faith, well, that's all right if you're a person of faith, just you keep that to yourself. Faith is a private thing. Let me say, faith is not a private thing. Faith is not an individual thing either. It's why we pray the prayer, our Father. It's a corporate faith. It's our faith together. It's not my faith, your faith. I don't know if you've heard that. People talk about, oh, you've got your faith, I've got my beliefs, you know, as if faith were one thing amongst many faiths. I want to encourage us to remember that what we are talking about is the faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the one true God, the eternal I am as he was revealed to Moses thousands and thousands of years ago. And we share in this faith as one body. There's a prevailing view in society today that faith is customizable to our needs, beliefs, aspirations as an individual. That's not what Christianity is. In Christianity, there is only one way, and that way is through Jesus. The way to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross 2,000 years ago. Dying that our sins might be forgiven, that we might have that eternal hope, that eternal security, that knowledge that when this body finally has enough, that we will be with the Lord one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not an individual faith. So when somebody talks about my faith, let's have a think about what the person's saying. It's not my faith. 
It's our faith. It's what God has given us. And let's come back into this verse in Hebrews. I want to focus on verses 22 through to 25 just briefly. And this is the garden in Hebrews. Why is it the garden in Hebrews? Because it's full of lettuce. Did you notice that? It's full of lettuce. Sorry, that's such a bad joke, I know, but I thought it was worth a try. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. Let us not give up meeting together, and let us encourage one another. Let us. It's our corporate responsibility to draw near to God, each one of us coming together to draw near to God. That's why we assemble in this base for the mission. Let us hold, let us, us hold unswervingly to the hope, the hope, the hope that takes us beyond this life into eternity, a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. We have a responsibility to each other to encourage each other, to spur each other on and say, keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't know about you, there have been times in my life where in my faith, there I go using that word, my understanding, my ex- you know, where I'm at in my journey, where I've wanted to give up. And I thought, what is the point of all of this? And God comes along, often through somebody else, and gives that little nudge of encouragement that keeps me going. Let us not give up meeting together, and I'll focus a little bit on that in a second. The question is, how are we putting that into practice in our day, and in our generation, and given our circumstances? Do you know, we thought about the Hebrews who this letter was written to, persecuted, We thought about people in our world today, throughout our world, believers who are persecuted for their faith. We thought about people who have been persecuted for their faith right here, hundreds of years ago, and some people who probably still are today, and we just don't know about it. The question is, how are we putting these things into practice in our life as a church? Our life, our corporate life as a church, and we know that things have been challenging Assembling together in the middle of a pandemic has been challenging, hasn't it? It still is challenging. I wonder why the people that this was written to began to forsake giving or forsake or giving up or abandoning meeting together. Why was it such a struggle? And really, it's not clear why the people were struggling and why they needed this encouragement. There have been various uh, trains of thought in this. Was it persecution, given the times, looking towards what was going to happen in in Israel, in Jerusalem? You can see that. Was it fear? It could have been fear of of being caught meeting together as, as believers. Was it individualism and pride, potentially? Was it just faith beginning to grow cold? That enthusiasm that was there at the start beginning to die down, and people beginning to draw back and pull away from God. And if, we, if you read Matthew 13, Jesus talks about that very thing happening in the parable of the soil. Whatever the issue, 
then I want to suggest that it's still an issue now. And I mean it in general terms here. If we truly believe that the church is a family, and we've been thinking about that over the last few weeks, a new creation in Christ, a body of people together, a temple of which each of us forms a part, a living stone, as the Bible talks about, a mystery, a bride, an army ready to engage in spiritual warfare, then we need to be together. We need to be together as an assembly doing that. We're part of a denomination called the Assemblies of God. Assemblies of God. The, the clues in the name there. We are assemblies, independent, autonomous in one sense, but we are all united under one banner called Assemblies of God. And assembling is a fundamental part of being together. And not assembling can become a habit. Verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's get into good habits. And the word that's used here for assembling actually means in synagoguing. It actually means in synagoguing. Now, the writer to the Hebrews intentionally, I think, doesn't use the word a synagogue, which means assembly. That's what it means. Every town would have its own synagogue, even the one uh, in Nazareth. And uh, I heard my, my old uh, Bible study tutor talking about this just a couple of weeks ago. He talked about the, the synagogue in Nazareth, this tiny little place where Jesus got up and began to read from the scroll of Isaiah. You should listen to this podcast, by the way. It's by John Andrews, who was my tutor when I was going through probation, and a guy called David Harvey, who used to be in my youth group, and now he would be my tutor because <laughs> he's just incredible. And you hear these guys talking about the Bible. I encourage you to listen to it. You can get it on iTunes. It's called Two Texts by John Andrews, Dr. John Andrews, and Dr. David Harvey. Um, listen to it. It's so amazing. But he was, John Andrews was talking about the synagogue that Jesus would, would get up and roll, roll out the scroll of Isaiah and begin to read from that and read from Isaiah, what we now know as Isaiah 61. This place, the synagogue, was a place of assembling. And the, the writer to the Hebrews here, he doesn't actually use the word synagogue. He uses a variation of that. I think he's trying to encourage them to say, look, we're not going back to the old way of doing things. We're not going back to the synagogue, but we still need to gather together in order to read Scripture together, to pray together, to worship together, to look out for each other's needs together. And he uses this word which is translated in synagoguing, assembling in one place. That variation of the word is only used in this passage. And it encourages us to remember that what we're doing today is in synagoguing. We are assembling together. And I know that there are people joining us online as well. And so we're assembling together. Why do we do this? Because there is a core belief, I think we have a core belief as a church, of the importance, the absolute necessity of gathering together. We gather in small group, 
and we gather in the large group, the assembly, as we're doing today. Let me read what Matthew says in 18 verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there right in the middle. And that applies in the big group when we gather together as well, when we assemble as church. Now, we know that that's been challenging for us. We're now 18 months into a global pandemic. There are so many things which we are not in control of. And we're on a journey through this still. But we were on a journey with this before COVID. So here we are today. There's a camera up the back. This is going out online. And I want to show you a little picture of what it looked like. We actually recorded one of the services before COVID even was on the horizon. Well, it was probably on the horizon, but it was in the distant horizon. Uh, and I remember sharing a message in here about three decisions uh, Oh, the title's just went in my head. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But you can see the photograph on the left there. If you're into photography at all and scrutinize images, you'll know that that's just such a, a flat, bland image. The contrasts are rubbish. The colors are oversaturated in some places and not in others. And here's what it looks like just now. Not maybe represented too great on the, the screens, but you can see the difference. We've been on a journey with trying to make assembling together when it was only online We've tried to make it as accessible and as good as possible. But we were on that journey. We had already begun thinking about how do we get our services out online? And what COVID has done is it's really given us that, well, it's given us a big massive kick up the backside. We had to do it all like that, didn't we? We didn't have time to debate and negotiate and navigate. We just had to get on with it. Um, and, and so, yeah, we've been on this journey and I'm just, I want to talk about that journey um, by just giving you some timeline highlights. As you can see from the screen, we've got last year, 2020, January and February. Who remembers those happy days during the winter where everything seemed normal? And then March came along and we're like, wait a minute, there's something happening here. And uh, on the, <clears throat> I think the 15th of March, the 15th of March was our last normal uh, service and uh, it's been like that for 81 weeks now 81 weeks for 81 weeks we've been wrestling with doing church and assembling together 22nd of march we did our first live stream keva do you have fond memories of that us standing here and there'd been a phone <laughs> and the sound was not that great and uh, all that kind of stuff and then after that, we couldn't even be in the building. And so for the next 22 weeks, services were recorded either in my upper room in the house or in the lounge at the back there as we thought we need to try and change this. And then in the wee room through here. And then eventually in here, I'm like, oh, this is just like... <sighs> I sometimes look back and wish we just did this to start with, but we didn't know how to do this at that point in time. But for 22 weeks church was totally online and we weren't gathered and then i don't know if you remember um in the first of april we launched prayer on zoom we began using this new technology called zoom some people had already been using it uh, but we decided that i this is a good tool for us to use everybody else was using it in my world so 
Um, we, we thought we need to do that, and we began to pray together in Zoom, and we've been doing that fairly consistently for the last year and a half, which is amazing. We also launched virtual connect groups just to try and keep people connected. Um, let me just say that GDPR was not in our favor because we didn't have permissions for all this, and so Mary had to do this amazing job of phoning people around and blah, 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 and oh, it was just <laughs> a nightmare. And then on the 23rd of August, we began to do in-person and live streamed services. And I just want to honor the people who've been working hard on that all throughout. You know who you are. You've been doing a fantastic job, and I don't know where I would have been without you standing alongside me. Because, yes. <laughs> I, I still have flashbacks of that night at half past ten on that Friday night, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I deleted that. I don't want to ever hear that again. Oh, that difficult, difficult night when it all came out wrong in the edit. Anyway, that's another story. And then we thought, yeah, it's all... It's all kind of going in our favor. And then on the 4th of January, we went back into lockdown, remember? And then on the 10th of January, we were back to doing pre-recorded services. Uh, and we we're back online only for another 11 services. Then on the 28th of March to where we are today, we began in-person and live streaming. And that's been for six months now, six months. It's amazing how the months just go past, the weeks just go past, and we don't even notice who remembers on the 6th of June when we introduced corporate singing? It's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. We should all just have went outside somewhere onto the moors and would have been fine. And then on the 22nd of August, social distancing had changed. We didn't need to follow the strict rules. And then the following week, we had agreed to remove the booking system. And so we've been on this journey of trying to make church, trying to make the assembling of God's people as accessible as possible. And we're just trying to help people to stay connected, to feel connected, to be connected, to work together, to pray together, to do life together. And then all throughout this time, life has still been happening. Pastoral needs have still been there, and people have needed each other more than ever, in fact, more than ever. And it's been a challenge. I don't know about you, I still feel like it's a challenge. The days that we're living in are still challenging. And there are still restrictions. And, and we still want to do what we can, but we need to do it safely. And we need to do it to help people to engage. And so we're at a place, and I've shared this before, where it's about relaunching ministries. Staying safe, relaunching ministries, and helping people to engage with the mission that we're on as a church. Some people have been asking questions about connect groups. I'm going to answer that question today. Connect groups we value as a church. We believe in the importance of connect groups. I probably believe more in it than some people in the church do of the value of connecting in the small group. And you remember when we started trying to launch connect groups, how much I went on about connect groups, didn't I? I went on and on and on about connect groups. But not everybody in the church wanted to engage in a connect group. I want to encourage us there's a real value in engaging in the smaller group. But at this point in time, we need to consider how we can do that safely. 
I want to talk about the things that are on currently in the life of the church. On a Monday morning, we gather together to pray on Zoom. On a Wednesday night, we gather together to pray on Zoom. And the more people that come to these meetings, the more we're able to engage in prayer together. We can begin to break down the meetings into small groups and help more people to engage in the mission. Prayer is a vital part of the mission. Let's never forget that. Sunday, we gather at 11 o'clock here in the building, but we also gather uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, on the church website. Uh, What else have I got there? I can't read it. SoundCloud, there's CDs or DVDs, which uh, Lindsay puts out for those who don't have access to the internet, who can't be here in person. All of this continues to go on. On a Thursday night, we have oxygen meeting. We're trying to develop a ministry and outreach for young adults in the church that's ongoing. But at the moment, one of our priorities is to relaunch kids' work for our kids in the church. I feel sorry for you guys because nothing's on for you, okay? But it's work in progress, and we, we are looking at how we do something about that. So there are many ways that people can connect, but at this point in time, for our kids, there is nothing for them to connect with, Okay. One of the thoughts behind uh, our subscription to Right Now Media is that it gives you as families access to material that you can use in your own time. And there's lots of resources out there as well. But that's where we, that's where we are just now. And it's a process of relaunching things in a way that's safe and helping us to engage with each other in the life of the church. Why? Because we believe that what the writer to the Hebrews said applies to us today as well. Let's not give up assembling together in synagoguing. Let's not give up coming together, assembling together as church. And I'm looking forward to the day where this building is filled the way it was and more before COVID hit. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the full band and the the roof. It's got little cracks in it, and that's because we make so much noise on a Sunday, so that's okay. But to lift our praise to God because He is worthy of our praise, to be able to support each other, to encourage each other, you have the opportunity to converse, to pray with somebody, to get alongside somebody, to just check in and say, how are you doing? I've been thinking about you this week. I've been praying for you. Sending somebody a message, staying connected. And I'm going to finish with verse 24 rather than 25, where it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another, one another, spur. Ah, I've been a bit tired this weekend. Let me just start again. Let's hit the rewind button. Take two. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds love and good deeds. The church is the expression of Christ on the earth. He is the head of the church. We are the body, many parts, all having a function, which is what we've been thinking about over the last few weeks. The church needs to be led. And we thought about that, and we thought about how you can be a leader in your context. You can be a leader in the church, how we grow into leadership. Why? Because we need to encourage each other on. I don't know about you. I need a lot of encouragement I'm pretty sure I'm looking at people who need a lot of encouragement too. Yeah, we can encourage each other on to love 
and good deeds. Let's just pray as we close our time today and let's just seek God's presence in the things that we're talking about. Father, we we just want you to come and seal these words in our hearts. Father, we thank you that we can gather as church online, in person. We can gather in lots of different ways at the moment. And Lord, our, our, our heart is to keep finding ways that we can connect meaningfully with each other so that we can encourage each other. And so Lord, help us and give us wisdom as we navigate this journey, navigate through difficult times, Father, help people to stay and feel connected, but Father, to do that in a way where people are safe at the same time. But Lord, we think of brothers and sisters in a world who don't have these privileges, and Lord, we've prayed for them already. We think about them again, and Lord, we ask that you'd help us to be able to minister to them, to encourage them on to love and good deeds. Father, our missionaries that we support, to consider how we can encourage them on to love and good deeds. Lord, help us to be together in this. And Father, we just pray that if there are those who don't know your presence in their lives, who've never made that decision to invite Jesus into their heart, to invite your Holy Spirit in, which is really what we're talking about, the Spirit of Christ coming to live in our hearts, empowering us to live this Christian life, then Father, I just pray that today they would consider inviting you into their lives. And just as I finish off, I want to pray a prayer. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, the Spirit of God, then you can do that really simply today by praying this prayer and just surrendering your life to to God, allowing him to come into the driving seat of your life. Just pray this prayer into yourself after me. Let somebody know that you've prayed it and we can encourage you on to love and good deeds as well. Dear God, I come to you this morning. I know that I've never invited you into my life. Today I ask that you would come in. I thank you for Jesus who died on a cross for me, that I could be part of the church, that I could be part of this body. And so I ask that you forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Take control of my life and help me to live in the way that you want me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, come and let us know. Come and tell somebody. Share it with somebody else. Lord bless you, and I hope that you have a great week. We are in a work in progress situation. We need your encouragement. You need our encouragement. Let's encourage one another as the day approaches. And I never got to that, but we'll come to that another time. Lord bless you.